Good evening, east coast of the United States. They're probably all in bed by now. We're yeah. starting way late tonight. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. I had things to do and places to go. I'm just like that. Stuff happens. It's my fault, again. But I'm on time with the new time. <laughs> We're actually, we started a minute early. How about that? You can You can claim that fame. Okay. So uh, we want to talk about NFTs, and I want to talk about the market a little bit because the market's been going way up lately. And uh, this this seems a little bit different this time because not all the I don't I don't understand. Um, <clears throat> I don't I guess I haven't been paying as much to NFTs, paying much attention to NFTs. Are NFTs going back up with the market as well? <clears throat> I have not looked. I have not been. I think it was last Monday that the last time I looked at my NFT stuff. I put in some offers, but they didn't hit. I didn't get an email. <clears throat> I wonder what CoinStats thinks of all your NFTs. Do you, do you use CoinStats still? Absolutely. I absolutely love <clears throat> CoinStats. Let's see what we got. <clears throat> Where's the hey, button for the NFTs? NFTs worth something oh let's see Frank Miller nfts are worth zero what <laughs> oh yeah it says according to coin stats i have one hundred and thirty-eight thousand dollars worth of nfts oh wow you know i wonder how it prices the faz radio uh thing so stuff is, is trash now let's see all right price High to low. Let's look at it. Come on, you. Let go. There it goes. High to low. Whoa! Look at that. How much are they valuing this puppy at? What? What you? What you got? I have a sort of limited edition. Your daughter screwed me over a little bit by making a new one after I bought hers, but. It's valued right now, according to CoinStats, at 3.3 ETH. What is? Your daughter's NFT. <laughs> okay. Um, sell it to whoever, to whoever <laughs> is offering. She'll get a nice little hit of that money, too. And two of your, your bugs are even bigger than that. The... The envelope that you sent, floor price and value is at 11 ETH. What? I'm Can not you kidding. Screen on this, sir? Yeah, hang on. Floor price. Let me look behind my... Yeah, yeah. The... All right, hang on. I got to go back over here. Let's present, share screen. You have to have the envelope with it, I would think, for it to be worth something. Share. I actually have two of those left, but they're locked up in storage right now. And add. Whoops, we have and to make our... Change the go for the middle. Oh. Wow. Proof of wow. What? What? What is that? Doge proof of wow. It says it's point, worth 11 ETH. Uh, that, I don't think that's mine. I think that's a, a, uh, a fake of mine. What's Doge proof of wow? Click on that. 
Wait a minute, I gotta go back to my other thing. Somebody copied my NFT. But you own it? Yeah. What is Doge Proof of Wow? I don't know. Oh, that's a uh a user. Okay. Okay, how is it that high? Floor I price. don't know. Was it sold or transferred? Somebody's trying to pump my NFTs. That's what it is. By the way, I'm all not right, involved let's, with that Let's look at this. Oh, look at this. That's also, Why does it say Doge Proof of Wow? I think somebody <laughs> hijacked your account, sir. Nobody hijacked my account. Then, wait, that's your account because you're the only person that ever got that one. <clears throat> Hope you guys are entertained right now with uh, Titan here showing you all his NFTs and sale price. I don't know where I got this escape velocity thing. Got it from me. That's uh, that is a NFT that I had uh, made for us at CryptoFaz Academy. Oh, I think only about ten people got one, and I give, was going to give away a whole lot more, but I forgot uh, what the circumstances were. I think either people had to ask for them, or they had to be like original people. I had like a hundred, and I think I burned all, all, a whole bunch of them. That's not you anymore, is it? What's this Doge Proof of Wow stuff? Is that your account? No. I don't know what the hell this is. I, I think I think it's reading a contract address wrong or something. I think uh, somebody hijacked your account, sir, which I'm fine if they're pumping my NFTs. I mean, I didn't do it. No. Because these are, these are the clays, and those are Doge Proof of Wow, too. I I don't think that that's... Let me... Let me uh, let me go over here. <clears throat> go to OpenSea. Let's see if it says the same thing on OpenSea. Uh, it is. Huh. What was your, let's see. I think I know that account. There, there let's see what this says. I think you are hijacked. No, nope, it has no, it says zip bugs here from Artfaz. I think it's reading something wrong. Oh, okay. Yeah, it doesn't say proof of doge anywhere on here. Well, go ahead, show some more dip some dip bugs. Show some more zip bugs there. <clears throat> So yes, that uh, escape velocity is is a Bitcoin uh, is thing. Uh, who was that? It was the former editor of Wired magazine that made a, uh, a NFT set called Automatica, um, and he made like a couple hundred of them and sold them. They didn't sell very well, but I did con him into uh, making some <laughs> NFTs for CryptoFaz Academy, and uh, I think that's really the only the the only like custom order that he made. I've got a lot of NFTs in this account. So, okay. So we're talking about NFTs tonight. So why, why don't we get to the, get to the, the story here. Sorry, this cold still has a cough in me two weeks later. I apologize for hacking in your ears out there. Um, So yeah, I've got a ton of, of NFTs in this one. This is, this is my trading account. I'm, I'm trying to push, um, push you to the uh, 
the the NFT articles that you had read that you wanted to talk about, sir. Yeah, so <clears throat> let me let me share one of these here. This one was the best one that I was reading. So there's there's a lot of chitter chatter, yippity yappity, hippity boopity going on on Twitter and other places about okay the the run we don't, we don't, on we don't say anything, sir. If you're trying to share something, I'm I'm not there yet. I'm still talking. Oh, I'm okay. clearing my oh. screen. Um, that pretty much it was speculation before, and you were lucky if you got some kind of utility. But at the same time, everybody kept promising utility, but it didn't really show up uh, for a lot of these. And there was quite a few uh, in early 24 here that uh, that kind of went belly up. I think it was lasagna that was talking about one real popular one that looked like it rugged. Do, did you see that? What was that? Real popular NFT? Yeah. One of the real popular ones. It it looked like it was rugging. Are we gonna stay small I, forever? No. I'm I'm trying to talk and click at the same time and my camera's in the okay. way. All right, here we go. Now I have to go back here and I have to go here. There you go. All right. So Cointelegraph, fairly uh fairly recognizable to most. They've they've been up and down over the years though. But the the trends and challenges coming for next year. It it talks a little bit in here. We've we've done a lot of talking on this on this show about NFTs and having that utility and having that provenance available. And that's what's going to make NFTs valuable. Well, this and the other articles that I had been reading this week was talking about the exact same thing. And it's also talking about NFT gaming taking off. But as they cite and as we talked about, there's got to be more to it than just a the, the word NFT. And it can't be just some stupid utility. People want now from NFTs as they say, like right up in here, and this is where it kind of starts, they want real-world applications, right? They want that uh, the ability to, tra to traverse between gaming ecosystems and or games with it. They want it to, to have a significant utility before they're, they're going to be interested in buying it. The, the days of just buying it because it was a pudgy penguin or uh, uh, some kind of weird monkey or something on there. This guy on Twitter was trying to give away a mutant ape and couldn't do it. Nobody wanted it. Nobody cares. He never called me. <clears throat> so, well, no, but it was it was like pathetic. Nobody wanted it because it doesn't do anything. It's It's a monkey JPEG, right? So <clears throat> people now, they want... A, it says here an, a wider range of digital items and it brings greater engagement to it. <clears throat> the Bitcoin NFTs haven't haven't really taken off yet, but they're gaining traction because they're putting purposeful and useful things 
on the ledger over at Bitcoin, right? They're putting documents, they're, they're preserving things, they're using it for the provenance more than they are just taking whatever they have on ETH and making a copy of it over on Bitcoin because that's how it started. But it, it really, you can see by some of the graphs here that people are starting to use it to put pictures of their family or uh, important documents. Um, they, they froze the, uh, the white paper, of course, in there. And the, the underlying piece here is that if you're an NFT creator, whether it be in gaming or art or anything else, it can't just be a picture anymore. It has to have utility to get people interested. And it can't be by uh, some of these other articles that I was reading. It, it can't be people aren't interested in FAS anymore. They want to know who the hell you are. And they want the legitimacy brought back to it because they're tired of, uh, you know, Black Squirrel 21 rugging everybody after they spend thousands on these NFTs. They're waking up and they're realizing, all right, I'll do your NFT, but it has to do something significant and you have to be a legitimate person who's actually going to do something with that NFT. What do you think? What have you been bumping into? Well, I, I certainly... I certainly think that any NFT that has a purpose is going to be worth more than just a picture of a monkey and so on. <laughs> uh, purpose in our case is we, we do have an NFT with a purpose. It's this one. That started out, that that one is a, is a piece of music that I have the rights to, and I bought those rights by purchasing an NFT. The NFT is from the Neverhood, uh, sorry, the uh, Eternal Clay set. It's one of their... Their music NFTs, where they give you the rights, the, the owner of that to the rights. So I was like, hey, I bought that NFT, and then we we made our, our theme song here. Okay, let's change our thing. There we go. Um, so I think those will definitely be worth more because they're an alternate way of assigning rights. I think that's awesome. That's useful. It's it's multi-useful. <laughs> However, I do think pictures will retain some value, especially if they're rare or they're old or you, know, you can't get them any other way. Um, remember that an NFT is still a certification of provenance. So yeah, if you have an NFT that's, that's available on what, that's stored as a file on IPFS and you have really an NFT is just a pointer to that. If you have that, that verification of, of provenance, then you, you do have something. And I think those won't be worth a lot until we start using the provenance for something like uh, it, it's more than the, the provenance is, is good to have for when you own rights, because you can at least say, Hey, the person that holds this has, has a right to this music. Um, things are going to have to evolve a lot further in my opinion, for people to say, I have the rights to this picture of an ape personally. Um, and so right now, it's, I think it's still all speculation, and it's going to be like that for a great long time. NFTs, I think, have to get very, very um, uh, mainstream. But 
eventually. The, the whole plan was if you had an NFT, then you can use it in some other thing. Like if somebody builds upon your NFT or they have, they have a game where you can display your NFT up on a, on a virtual wall in the game or something like that, that's going to give those types of NFTs value again. Well, <clears throat> I've talked about this a million times and you, you tend to poo-poo me when I do, but it is so ridiculously important that the metadata on that is locked. It's got to be permanent. There can't be things left open. The meta can't be left open on those because people can change the utility of it. People can change the ability uh, to see whatever photograph you put on there. And people still aren't realizing they're buying these things that are, that are unlocked meta and wondering why they're getting rugged. Okay, wait a minute. I wait mean, minute. wait, wait. So, when you're talking about unlocked meta. You're talking about certain NFTs because uh, some NFTs are locked, as you would put it. So, right. what do you mean by locked and unlocked? So, <clears throat> the uh, the the metadata. You what you can do when you create your NFT is, for all intents and purposes, I call it locked. It's called something else. But it, it essentially locks it in, and you can never make a change to that ever again. Whoever owns it, whoever created it, cannot make any more changes to it. It's permanent. So <clears throat> that detracts a lot of people, especially in the gaming world. And uh, even even your favorite gaming company, Gala, has done that. And they've, they've said, well, no, we're not going to do that because we might want to upgrade the art. Or we might want to upgrade the utility. Well, that means you trade in your old NFT, lock the son of a bitch. You trade in your old NFT for the upgraded one. It's that simple. But buying an NFT that doesn't have locked metadata is looking for trouble. And I don't think uh, I don't think people are going okay. to tolerate that okay, much let, going let, forward. Let me, let me make something a little bit clear here. You can assign any metadata to any NFT outside of that. For example, if, if I have an, an ETH NFT that's of a zip bug and you buy it, you don't like the name, but it's locked because it's IPFS, you can easily create something that can use that NFT or something that can associate the metadata with that NFT. And then you, you can have additional metadata metadata for it. You can, okay, so let's, let's call it... Um, you have, you have NFT1, which, which is a, a board ape, and then you don't like the name. So you can create NFT2 to point to NFT1 and say, this is Titan's board ape. And then if NFT2 is used by anything and it points to, I'm saying this is something you, you could possibly do, and, and people decide to read this NFT2 and, and show the picture of NFT1, you have de facto added metadata to it. That will certainly happen. There will certainly be ways to add more metadata to something, which means you could technically erase something. Now, of course, you can't add metadata to something if you don't own it to begin with. So the whole thing stays together pretty well if you own the original NFT. So in, in one sense, no, nothing's ever locked. Well, Even if it is IPFS and unchangeable. It, it, it can be with with 
regards to utility. Anybody can make a utility for any NFT out there. You can, I can pull any NFT out of your wallet and say, and and on my platform, say, if you hold this NFT, you get these privileges on my platform. What I'm talking about is the NFT itself, where it can't be modified to to change the image. It can't be modified to change rarity. It can't be modified for the name and the creator and all that kind of stuff. When you own it. In most cases, you can pretty much do whatever you want with it, unless the contract specifically says only the creator can do it. Some are created that way, some are not. Depends on where you created it and what utility you gave it. Like your bugs, right? If if you used a really crappy contract when you created those, it's possible that someone else can change that down the road. But did you look at that? Did you did you even, you know, read about what options you were selecting when you created those? Do you know are your are your bugs locked? Yes, actually, I have some that actually that are IPFS and some that are regular uh, OpenSea and actually some that that, uh, that have uh, um, metadata associated with it through other means, like the the locked content. Um, some of the locked content is actually a link to uh, to a Google account. So are are all those things what what's the value of all that? Well, the value is as long as that Google account is active, you're able to get to that locked content. Um, and of course, uh, OpenSea, if I'm not mistaken, uses used Google as well to store their images. But I have some that are IPFS. so if if you know, people were assigning worth in the future, they might they might say that the IPFS bugs are worth more. I was doing all sorts of experiments with them. In fact, each of the bugs are, are kind of an evolution from the one previous. So uh, yeah, some are IPFS, some are not. Some have OpenSea's locked feature functionality and some don't. So we'll, you know, it's, it's for me, it was about the mm -hmm. art and doing things, doing things differently. And for other people that have them later, it's, whatever susses out if it turns out that ipfs is is the, the best way to do it those bugs are going to be worth a lot if it turns out that OpenSea is the best way to do it you know in partnership with google then those will be worth a lot i mean let me if, see if, if i can find enough, if something's good enough uh in, in my opinion OpenSea's huge supply of nfts uh, if something's good enough people will just keep it around people will make it a public utility after a while if necessary so I don't think those NFTs are going anywhere, and I don't think those images are going anywhere. I'm trying to find, I created, I was playing with creating NFTs, and I created a whole collection. <clears throat> and uh, I used IPFS, and it's a free uh, service where you can store your NFTs forever on IPFS, and it runs off of Filecoin. Um. And I'm trying to find, I have it buried. I have not been in that NFT account, and I can't tell you how long. Um, I'm trying to find who I used for that. But it was it was a very popular one at the time. We did a show on it. If you go way, way back, I walked through how I did that on one of the shows. But I don't, I don't see it in my, uh, in my, 
my drop downs here. Okay. So you have a couple other NFT articles, NFT related articles. Yeah, the uh this one here <clears throat> went about it the same way. Let me go and share this one. Do 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 do. <laughs> this is a Forbes article. Hey, it started I'm on time with the time that Mr. Titan published on Crypto So we Apple. normally so Shanrat, we normally start <clears throat> at uh 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, but Faz got backed up for an hour, so I changed the time, um, and uh, and so we started really late. That's why I'm a little I'm a little tired tonight, man. This guy's got me up real late over here. <clears throat> I'm an old man. I need my sleep. So right, so NFT values are very subjective. NFTs are worth whatever somebody will pay for them just like everything else on the planet. But this this article really got me good. And Nansen, for those of you who don't use Nansen, Nansen is ridiculously expensive for like the really cool stuff. But the free account, you can get some really good data just out of the free account. So free plug for Nansen here. Uh, I do use Nansen when I'm doing some wallet ferreting, if I'm digging through people's wallets to see where, where things went. And that's one of my secrets for digging, uncovering malfeasance and fun. NFT volume is at its highest since the end of August, 38% higher than the lowest week in September. The market euphoria isn't just happening to BTC, ETH, Soul, and many other coins, but also NFTs. So back at the towards Halloween in 23, you see in the graph what's happening there. <clears throat> but here again, it's about customer engagement. It's about creating a community around what you can do with your NFT. Well, I, I think I think all you really need to do is come up with something that you can do with a picture NFT and then picture NFTs are going to be worth more again. I think there is room for uh, provenance of an NFT. Like Gary Vee has a set of NFTs. The very fact that he made them is, you know, the value right there. If you, if there's, there's billions of people on this planet, there's probably at least 1 billion with that, that get on the internet. Um, Gary Vee, if he's only made 2,000 NFTs, there's not very many of, them, many of them compared to the billions of people. Plus, as years go by, things are going to get locked in wallets, and there, there, there's going to be less and less that can be actually owned and moved around. So, no, it, rarity, is, in my opinion, is still going to be a thing. And actually holding an NFT and, and controlling a wallet for an NFT is going to matter. Unless, of course, the all the powers that be talk us out of having all of our wallets, which they really want to do. Well, of course, they can't get their fingers into it. Yeah, so in fact, that's what's that has been what the most successful things. See, it's kind of funny that the successful things in this world is when you're doing something that the that everybody else is not and it catches on. The next step is all the authorities start trying to get their fingers in it. Uh, everything. I mean, Precious metals, diamonds, um, you know, technology, nuclear weapons, whatever. The uh, 
once the, the, the powers that be get a hold of it, then, then they can take it, then they can rent it back to you. And that's what they really want. They want to get tax money. Uh, they want to control it. They want to make sure that you're not, well, for, for good reason, you know, selling like, um, you know, child pornography NFTs is, is not, you know, should something that should be avoided and that the government should go after. Well, that's a whole show in itself because that's why I got out of Tron. But the the decentralized factor, there's there's a couple of barriers, right? Because people, normal people have trouble dealing with seed phrases and they're they're really bad with their security. And that's what you have to do to be sovereign. So you need to figure it out. If you want to be part of this, you have to figure that stuff out. And like here, if you notice, Forbes, right, a, a traditionally conservative publication, right? What do you see on the screen? Do you notice something on the screen? I'm not really impressed by Forbes' um, a way of, of publishing articles. They pretty much just uh, just pub let anybody publish. I, I, I don't know how conservative that is. No, so so look, look here. It has a connect wallet button. Mm-hmm. So mainstream is starting to get Web three ish, right? I doubt there's a lot behind the Connect Wallet at this point. However, even a traditionally conservative news mainstream media type of of news publication is is getting to the point now where people have enough people have asked that they have a Connect Wallet button. So it is growing, right? And perhaps Forbes decides to sell subscriptions by NFT because they can they can assign uh, an ex expiration date very easily with that. And when you connect your wallet, <clears throat> you'll be able to renew instantly with funds that are right inside your wallet that's connected right there securely. So there's... There's a lot of new things opening up. I, I noticed that almost immediately when I read the article. I was like, what do you mean connect wallet? But they're talking about it here, too. You know, there has to be use counterfeiting. Right. So getting using that provenance for things. Then, of course, they go into the stupid environmental concerns. Collaborations. NFTs. What? Yeah, because it runs on ETH and ETH uses power and oh my god, don't get me started on this. I'm gonna I'm gonna hijack this into a uh, well. I'm I'm, I'm gonna terrible because uh, the envir environmental concerns, in my opinion, are a a a valid concern. Um, however, you know, money. It's obvious money is more of an has more of an environmental impact than crypto does. Uh, however, if you're going to improve on money, why do you need to have an environmental impact at all? You don't need to. There's plenty of coins out there that don't have environmental concerns. So that is a, a valid point. It isn't. How much does it cost to run 700 bank branches with the electricity and the power and the water? I you're just making my and... point yeah, I, I made that point just, to, just about 10 seconds ago. You need to rewind. Listen to what I said about how I did. How about money and how much uh, environmental concerns it has. Yeah. You, you got to oh, I, I didn't know you were talking about those, but yeah. it's, it's the same thing. 
the 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 mining of BTC, the all the the networking it takes with validators on ETH no, and no, Solana is, and everything minute, doesn't come close to the energy used. Have to happen. We don't need the, the we don't need the environmental waste. Um, with with money, we don't need it, so we should replace it with with crypto. Does crypto need it? No, it doesn't. So why have it? Uh, so there is there is a valid point for that. In the meantime, some people have gotten very creative with that and are starting to use it to uh, to help what uh, deal with uh, power outages. They they want to they what they, they want to use it to help help balance power grid issues, which actually it is a useful thing. They also want to use, uh, they're, they're saying, okay, well, we can burn the excess unburned hydrocarbons from like uh, gas extraction plants and stuff like that. That's a valid use. But we don't even need to burn that stuff in order to have crypto secured money. Ripple doesn't have environment. I mean, uh, XRP doesn't have environmental issues. Why? why did, and that's an improvement over Bitcoin, in my opinion. So why, why have it if it's not necessary? So you're you're like oh it's it's not a big deal compared to other things why have it at all it's just it's it's a waste it's not efficient it's it provides a huge amount of the security on those networks you can provide security that's why in 50, 50 other ways you don't need to do it that way there's no need well, now if you have a need it, to produ to produce heat how about heat and 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 partially burned hydrocarbons and and all sorts of wasted stuff Sure, but why don't you put uh, those? Why don't you turn regular like household heaters into Bitcoin mining machines? That would that would make it efficient. I'd be fine with that. Yeah. So so Bukele down in El Salvador turned a volcano into a power generation uh, station to help with the with the Bitcoin thing. I like that. That's I, okay. That's that's great. But we on this planet we have unlimited power. Okay, the, it's it's a scam and it's complete bullshit. We do, we do. We have we have we can tap into like Bukele did. We can tap into volcanoes. We have nuclear power. We have unlimited oil underneath us that can be pulled up and used as much as people want. It isn't going to run out. It's it's the lifeblood of this planet. Okay, well, you, you left, and you left out the fact that we have. The sun, which is beaming all this power at us, the the what I'm getting at with where we don't have unlimited powers, we do not currently have the understanding how to extract all this unlimited power. Uh, we can extract some power from the sun and some from volcanoes. From volcanoes, we have to use it to heat up steam, and steam turns to turbines. Uh, there's much more efficient ways to do that. So no, it's not unlimited. It's actually a big waste on how they generate that power. What I'm getting at is if you need to generate power to make it so that you can you can mint new money, it's a waste of power. Just use XRP. Problem solved. Move on. Go solve another world problem. It it's not wasting power if you're using it for something. XRP doesn't waste power. I'm I'm it, fine with it. Or it wastes a whole lot less. Oh than my goodness. Oh my goodness. Didn't you ride a bike naked for environmental causes? I did actually. Yeah. Because in uh, in Oregon, you can, uh, <laughs> you can be naked as long as you're doing it for uh, a political purpose. And so 
a naked bike ride every year. It's the only time you could be naked out out in public. Well, so so I'll I'll take that and use it as the accountability for getting you here on time to Faz Radio from now on, because I have those pictures. Every if you're late to the cast, I'm just going to put up as a as a technical difficulty screen the pictures of you riding a bike naked. Well, I mean, if you have them, you must be scrutinizing <laughs> them. You must have it for a reason, just so for your own personal enjoyment. That's that's fine. You're you're in two time zones, two three time zones away from me. I'm you. People like you. All right. So, what's your third uh, link, sir? About NXT? I already closed it. I already closed it. Because we were running, we're running at forty minutes here, and I know you wanted to talk tokens as well in the market. Yes, uh, AI tokens are really big, really big. Like Fetch AI is apparently going through the roof, even though they were having problems about a year ago. Apparently, all the AI people are like, "Hey, ChatGPT is a thing, so therefore, let's buy an AI token." Happy Friday, hey. Mister Nick. Uh, yeah, Happy Friday. And Zorro, I, I typed it in there, but uh, sometimes people have it minimized, so I probably should just shout it out. And Shanrad, of course. But I, I totally agree. So these are risky, though. These these AI tokens are ridiculously risky, right? Because well, every anybody, they're as risky and, as the tokens we were buying three years ago, gaming tokens three years ago. They'll go way up. Uh, so any, any idiot can go and create their own LLM, right? It's going to be just like the, any other scam that's out there. Any idiot can go out and push a few buttons and get a complete chat bot with AI up and running. You got to be careful with where you go with that and where do they collect their data because they can get sued. Where are where is the data being stored? Is your data being collected along with it? What's being done with the data that you type in there? <clears throat> You've got to be careful with that. So these these new companies that are popping up, some of them are legitimate, some of them are out there just to gather information and have you connect your wallet to their platform and who the hell knows what they're going to do with that, right? So you do have to be careful. That's why I say those are risky. It's all new. Uh, all, all this, all these AI tokens going up, and I wanted to name some of them. Um, were uh, like Fetch.ai. Um, they they have a purpose that may or may not happen. <laughs> um, but I think they're the they're they're the the first that they're kind of the first bit of of AI tokens that come out there. I think. AI working with blockchain gives a way to add provenance to uh, an automatic, you know, thinking process like AI. It's. I think it's going to get to a point where you're not going to know where where the AI that you're using comes from. I think it's going to be in everything that we own, and you're not going to know where it comes from. And it, it's going to be important for for these systems to connect with each other, to know each other's provenance, and you can't change the provenance of something that's on a blockchain. So, uh, in a way, Zorro, I kind of agree with you that that those are kind of a joke. They're, it's like everything else, every other crypto company out there. The tokens are there to raise money. 
and they try and veil it under everything, but unleashing the reality of this, it's to raise money. They have to have tons and tons of money to get licensing rights. The word unleash reality in here. I, I did. You see what I did there? I heard what you did there. <laughs> but really that, that is, that is the case in, in a lot of these. All right. It, it, it brings in the revenue because they need developers. They need to pay for the training. Where are they getting their data? They have to pay for that data from some data collector in order to get it going, which dovetails right into the other big story of the week, right? Did you see Elon's new lawsuit? No. What's his lawsuit? He's suing OpenAI. Why? Because he says the agreement that they made when Sam Altman took over is that it would remain open source and it's not open source. Now it's closed source and Elon is suing to get them to make it open source again. Does he have standing? It, I didn't read the whole lawsuit. Plus I'm not a lawyer, right? But from what I gathered in the summaries, it he has a, a pretty good chance of of forcing it back open, in my opinion, at least. Okay, uh, Shanrad here says something. <laughs> he has some fighting words here. All tokens are just jokes. NFTs don't have value because they're NFTs. They have value because of the underlying item. Um, <clears throat> so, again, NFTs, the only thing they give you is provenance. The underlying item can be copied. If, it, if it's a digital file. And I think you meant that sarcastically, actually. But uh, <laughs> Zorro doesn't like AI, doesn't, Zorro doesn't like Elon's AI grok. Um, so tokens have a point. NFTs have a point. We just haven't used them. Who uses NFTs for their purpose right now? Not very many people. So that's why they're jokes. They're jokes because they're not being used. The, the concept is actually really good. And all it is money, all the speculation money is just hoping, waiting for the day when when they become mainstream. That's when the payoff is. In the meantime, it's all shenanigans with people just trying to make money off of of you know interest, uh, speculation interest. Okay, so when we we've we've talked token utility and NFT utility so much on this on this show, and. That's kind of what I brought into it tonight with these articles. It didn't it didn't used to be that over the last two years that people were buying them for the utility. They were buying them for the, from the FOMO. They were buying them because they saw other people and other projects. We utility on this show two two years ago, we were talking about uh, buying music NFTs for, for the fact that you could own the music and stuff like that. Every, but every you don't talk about utility. So you can't say that they know what they called utility, like a mean token was utility. That's a bit much, but that utility they were offering was the, the scarcity. So yes, they were talking utility. It's in there. Well, it depends on the project and how they set it up, right? When you buy a music NFT, you don't, in most cases, you do not own that music. You can't do anything with it. You'll get sued to oblivion if you try and use that for commercial purposes. So I'm using okay. a, I'm using uh, an NFT, a music NFT right now for commercial purposes, but we don't make any money really. 
Um, so who well, am I going to get sued by? I, you got I you got a release commercial rights. You got a release from Doug on that though, and it's programmed well, into that. The, the people who made this song right here. Where, where's it at? Just made by by a group called Animatronic. I have commercial rights. That wasn't granted by Doug to Naple. That was granted by Animatronic, the people who made that uh, that music through Doug. Because Doug well, created the Doug, NFT. Doug went in partnership with them. He helped them distribute right. their music. So, but the whole point is that NFT has value. So that that's the value that we're talking about. The the utility that that you that that is the promise of NFTs. My my thought when I first heard of NFTs <clears> is that they could use as be used as a title for your house and a title for your car. They still can. They could be a receipt of a transaction. Uh, mm -hmm. You can go to the store and buy something, get an, get an NFT receipt that all you need to do is point to and show the government, here's how you can charge my taxes. Just look at look at this 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 wallet of NFTs. So it, it absolutely is possible, but again, nobody's doing that yet. People were selling them and buying them just based on, look, I can spend $250 on this and two months from now I can sell it for $200,000. Yes, because they're all speculating on its possible future value. That's not going away. That's still around and it can't be erased just because this is the second round of a, 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 it's another bull market. It's the same thing as there. It's the utility is still the whole point. Well, but the people aren't buying it for that anymore. They're not they're not biting on any of this. People can't give away free NFTs for cripe's sake. It's it's kind of worn out with that <clears throat> unless there's a huge underlying uh, utility that that really makes sense. And you get an actual ownership of something, which most NFTs, again, don't have. OK, I so bought Shandra, I bought your bug. Yeah, Shanra has a question. If you own the music through a contract or you own the music through an NFT, what's the difference? I would suggest that an NFT is the contract. If it says whoever owns it owns the music, uh, I, would, I would suggest that a court of law will find that it's a contract. Uh, a contract can be an oral contract. I can simply say to, to Titan here, if you own this bug, you own my car or my house, You know this bug NFT that I made. If that's an oral contract, that could be supported in court, especially if we both agree. So contracts don't have to be tangible, and they don't have to no. be. They don't have to be official with written with certain written terms either. Now it's best to have written terms and limitations, and lawyers will definitely tell you that you know it's it's there. There's loopholes that you might lose the the rights to something, but the whole point is if somebody's trying to use an NFT as a vehicle of ownership. That's the concept is still good. If they write a bad contract, then that's a bad contract. They'll eventually get better. So with music NFTs uh, going along with Shanrat, you have to be very careful and you have to read what it is that you're getting when you buy that. What are your rights and what what does ownership entail? Right. So Snoop Dogg released a few music NFTs. And he charged a reasonable amount. I think they were 50 bucks and said, you have, it's yours. That is your music. If you want to use it to do whatever you want, you want to remix it, you want to resell it, you want to 
Use it, you know, commercially. It's yours. You do it. Whereas you have other ones that you just get the right to play it. That's it. You can't use the image. You can't use the music. You can't do anything with it. So you have to pay attention to what it is exactly that you're buying. And can you take that NFT and put it onto, let's say Spotify comes out next month with a, hey, upload your NFTs to our platform and you can play your music on Spotify. Well, that's just Are you, your NFTs for you, so it's not well, your property anymore. <laughs> well, what I'm saying is, is my point for this is, can you take the music NFT that you just bought from whoever you bought it from and upload it then to Spotify and put it on a playlist for you and other people to listen to? Okay, Do wait, you have wait. that ability? Okay, so you've suggested, you're, you're talking about one specific use of an NFT. The very fact that Forbes, like you just showed me, has something that says that looks like pee that you're drinking, dude. Just, just saying. It, anyway. No, it's it's. Uh, I love this stuff. Apparently I'm, I'm tired of plain water. Drink more water. Uh, it's it's orange Kool Aid. Okay. Anyway, I, I got got off track. So if if you go to Forbes and you connect your wallet, they're not saying that they have to own something. So it might just be you connect with a service and they say connect your wallet so we can see your NFT, so you can prove that it's you, then the, 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 the NFT is not going to leave your wallet and be with them. Now, it is possible for them to hold your NFTs for you, but I don't think the, the whole concept of having a wallet means that you hold it and you just authenticate who you are. That way, if you prove that you have it, they're like, okay, you prove that you have it, we will let you rebroadcast that on our service for a fee, I'm sure. Right, but my point is, is you have to, you keep, you keep glossing over it. I, I don't know if you're trying to avoid the topic or, or what. But point of view. my, my, my point is, you have to understand what you own. And we've argued about this so many times. What you own is a hash. That's all you own. Yep. Okay. So what is what is a title? Okay, let's let's talk about this because here here I see something interesting that Shad Rat wrote. I can go out and get free domain names right now. Twenty five years ago, if I wanted to reserve a domain name, I have to pay big bucks. This sounds very similar to NFT prices. People are paying way too much for. It. Now, twenty five years ago and now, with if you wanted to reserve a domain name, what you're doing is you're paying a registrar like network solutions you're paying somebody who's who's been authorized by your government or the world government the a world body to allow you to use that name a domain name isn't yours you you've just purchased the right to use it now i i have you know i have what the fazradio dot something dot com i think do i yeah. i think i do um fazradio.com um yeah great I have the right to use that for as long as I want to keep paying the registrar. An NFT is yours, and you will. And if somebody builds onto it, then you will have the right to use whatever that is in perpetuity. <laughs> and in fact, the doesn't uh, isn't there ETH addresses the same way? The dot ETH names are the same way. You have it in perpetuity. So uh, NFTs. Well, wait. People are paying way too much for NFTs now because it's a fad. Things are going to change. It's nothing new, just a new format. Now, I would agree that there's a fad element to it, but the point is the concept is not going to go away. 
It can be called something different. It can be mixed with other things. It can be managed by a government at some point, but the concept is, is not going to go away where you can own something and somebody cannot take it from you. And that hash is a, is provenance. It, it shows you, it, it's proof that it's yours and no one else's. You can't get rid of that concept. So no, in that sense, it's not a fad, but the way that we use and see NFTs right now, that's the fad. And I think that's pushing a lot of people away from NFTs because they don't understand that part. Well, we don't. They just read the articles. What we're doing with with all these these new things back? Okay, back when the internet first became popular, and I say that because it was around long before the '90s, but it became popular after the the government started allowing people to advertise and porn took over and really made it what it is today. there's, you could see even in the early 90s, all the potential of the internet. What we're on right now, we're using StreamYard. We've logged into a website that, that connects to our webcam and is basically having a browser act like a computer program. Great. That was the potential back then, and people saw that. But it's taken like 30-something years to get to this point. Um, it's going to take uh, NFTs a while before they're accepted enough and, and used enough by, by people and integrated into other things. So any NFT you buy now, even if it is just a picture, it will probably be used. What's, what I think is going to happen going forward is it might be that perhaps, maybe, let's just say 20 years from now, governments decide they want to get into NFTs and they'll say, okay, if you buy an NFT through us, then it has our provenance that's added to this. And so nobody can delete our provenance. That's why you're saying, I'm saying you could use it as the title for a house because the government will say, we approve of this kind of NFT. Um, So they're probably going to change the metadata that's going to be on an NFT, but the concept's going to still be the same. You can't get rid of that concept. Copyright as we know it right now was around in the 1920s when the the first um, record players, the first wax cylinder record players came out. And if you look on those wax cylinders, they will say, you are not allowed to, so-and-so has a copyright to this. You are not allowed to play this like for other people. You can only play this for yourself. They did that in the 1920s. So, you know, the, the concept of, of copyright in, in copyrighted music has, is, is, goes way far back, but we use it differently now. And we transfer copyrights differently now than, than maybe they did back then. Okay, what's what's Zorro say? Our unstoppable domain is your identity for Web3. Um, use your unstoppable domain to build and verify your digital identity. Log in seamlessly to applications, games, and metaverses. Sounds like a part of a larger text or conversation here. Um, this is, it's a I have a few of those. Here. What's that? Uh, yeah, I have, I have Faz Radio on that too, I think. Um, <laughs> so yeah, great. Having an unstoppable domain is a, is a way to have a domain name that cannot be taken away from you, and you'd have to transfer it to somebody else. I love the non-transferability of things. I don't want the government to come in and start transferring my stuff to other people without my knowledge or cooperation. Now, yes, the government might say, transfer it to so-and-so or we'll send you to jail, but you also have an option to say no, have an ability to say no. Uh, right now in, in, in the United States, there's a lot of things that the government can just come in and take away from you and then sue you, and then you can prove your innocence in a court of law. With, and, and I call that 
guilty until proven innocent. Like if you had a lot of money in your bank account right now and the federal government suspected you of something, they can simply freeze your funds, take your funds, hold your funds, whatever, and then you, you'll figure it out on their time scale. And then when, when they're wrong, they'll be like, oh, my bad, we'll give it back. And that's like two, five years later. You can't do that with crypto. Crypto, they can't take it first and then make you have to pay a lot of money to get it back or, or have to, to prove yourself innocent to get it back. They have to go and, and have a court order you to, to send it to them, give it to them, or, or you go to jail. That's another step. And that's when, once you talk about transferring that asset, you have protections there, which, which have been taken away from you with bank money. But then again, is bank money really real? It's issued by the government. Is it even yours? They have full control over it. They could just invalidate your money just like, just like that. So NFTs, in, in, in my opinion, is a way to have certain non-monetary assets that can't be taken away. The government isn't, can't just seize it. Well, unless they can get your keys, so you better hide your keys. <laughs> Cold wallet. Keep your cryptos out of the system. <laughs> well, cold wallets are, are in, in a bunch of trouble now, too, with between all the problems at Ledger and the Trezor uh, issues that have popped up. It, cold wallets are even becoming ridiculously difficult to keep private. Oh, so so cold wallets can be hacked now. There's a video out there. There's a guy who hacked a treasure and recovered everything that was on it. Also, there's the ledger incidents that have happened, but also. It's this cloud backup they keep pushing down people's throat. And that article that we shared, what was it, maybe six months ago, where Ledger got busted, they they when you when you put Ledger live on your cell phone, it activates your camera and they track your eyes, where you go, how you use it, what oh, you well, do with it. Well, okay. So First of all, it, um, if you want to protect your, your funds, then Put it, I mean, you could easily put it in a ledger and then destroy the ledger mm -hmm. and then you're fine again. So, I mean, okay. So, well, you're not fine if you can't get to your assets. You have to have, you, you have to have, you can well, load up the, a ledger at some point. Well, you have to get another ledger. You can't just use that, that seed phrase anywhere. Well, it has to be on a ledger. Actually, you can use that on a treasure. You could use a ledger seed phrase on a treasure treasure, and you could use it on other systems. This 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 seed phrase follows a standard. Mm. Uh, I will have to look that one up because I'm not sure you're right there. Behind, the, behind these seed phrases are so that you can get an address, a a uh, a wallet address out of it. Well, the way that ledger works is that your seed phrase actually there's a second seed phrase behind your seed phrase that ledger recognizes <clears throat> that's what makes a cold wallet a cold wallet so i don't know if that's transferable to yes, a treasure yes it is and you can um that's 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 a specific format i believe uh let's see a bip 39 um format vip 39 so basically all you really need is something that supports the same uh seed phrase format 
as as a ledger and you're back in business. Ledger isn't the only, they're not the only one that you can get that data from, but you're making it sound like it's very proprietary. It's not. I, I don't, I, I no, I'm not trying to make it sound that way. I'm, I'm assuming it's that way because of when I researched Ledger, they said basically that there's a seed phrase behind the seed phrase and that's what makes Ledger so secure. Mm, okay, so let, let me let me qualify that a little bit. What they're really saying is, so you have a you have a wallet, and uh, and you can you can have a seed phrase that can translate directly to the the wallet private key. So you could use a private key by itself. That's right. the part you don't see with a ledger. What a ledger does is that <clears throat> the problem is if you ever see your own private key, you can record it. Somebody can get a hold of that. And so Ledger makes it so that you can never see that private key. And so what you what they do is they make it so they can give you a seed phrase, and the seed phrase will then generate that private key, um, which you will never see. Now, stick with me here. So you'll never see it, and you're saying that somebody could hack the uh, the Ledger to see that private key. That might be possible, but you can put that same ledger obfuscated key into a treasure and then it would since it follows the same format you could then key your treasure treasure to trezor to get the uh that same private key and then access your wallet so if you have a problem with ledger just buy a treasure and just use that your 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 ledger key for it you'll get into your wallet well the guy who hacked the treasure uh did it with electricity <clears throat> he caused it to glitch and open up everything for a tenth of a millisecond, which allowed him to inject his script in, which opened up the wallet. Yeah. So each each of these hardware units are going to have their um, vulnerabilities, and they have always had them, and we've always known about them. So step number one, don't let anybody get physical access to your hardware wallet. Now, what they can't do is they can't get into your hardware wallet from on the internet. So you're safe from everybody else in the world, except those who are right next to you. If you want to be safe, <laughs> safe from somebody stealing your, your ledger, hit it with a sledgehammer after you put your money in. Now your money's safe. And then, you know, and then unload in, you know, redo it later or wipe your ledger and put it, put another wallet on it. So, I mean, there's, there's ways to, to, to be safe. But, I've I got mean, my I, little ledger right here. Yes, uh, I think I have some somewhere. Had. <laughs> so anyway, yes, that's 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 our our wallet conversation. Um, I still haven't seen anybody really say anything bad about NFTs, except I don't know. Shanrat tried to say that they were a fad, and yeah, in one sense they are a fad. It might be that NFTs are just too hard to use right now, and then somebody else builds upon it later. We've seen the same thing with technologies before, like email. Back in the 80s, when I started using email, it was a, quite a bit more arcane. In the 70s, it was really arcane. But now you can just go get email by just signing up for a Google account. So somebody is going to provide that to you if it's too hard for you to get on your own. Right now, if you want a crypto wallet, you want to take put crypto in your wallet and take it back out, that's a lot of work. It's hard. So other people who are going to make it easy are going to make it easy for you. And then it and then then it's going to catch on. Once it becomes extremely easy to, to use, 
that's when when things when when all the popular oh and the and and society is fine with it then it's going to take off that's what all this speculation is for the ideas are still just as sound now as they were last bull run cold wallet keep your cryptos out of the system i would say not even well not even a cold wallet you don't need <laughs> a cold wallet in my opinion just means something like a, a hardware thing like trezor or or ledger uh, you just need the key and you need to keep it safe you need to keep it around uh, you know hidden <laughs> All Keep it off your mobile wallets, device. All these cold wallets have keys to them that are written down on <clears throat> paper or etched into a piece of metal or something like that. That's your secure piece. You don't you don't even need a hardware wallet. Just save your key someplace. What's this? NFTs make me think of the transition from POTS to, to voice over IP. I think you're saying plain old television service, uh, plain old telephone, telephone. service. Uh, yeah. Uh, don't you remember the days when the power would go out, but you could pick up the phone and still use that to call people? <laughs> Can't do that anymore. Well, the the amazing thing, what what most people like a lot of people think that cell phones use some weird technology. Cell phones just use the regular telephone lines. Well, all they do is cell phones, cell phones use the radio spectrum. <laughs> And then to connect to a tower and then the tower puts it through the regular telephone lines, Yeah, you know, so, and people don't realize that. So Shanrat is trying to make the point here. Now, NFTs make you think of the transition from point plain old television service, telephone service to voice over IP. No, actually, because NFTs are permanent. Um, their, their, their place on the blockchain is permanent. You don't need the picture of, of an ape. Everybody has the picture. You can right-click, save the picture, but is the picture, but but do you have rights to this picture? You're going to be the only one that has rights to it. That's that's the difference. And I, if I don't you're given how, them, how how we've 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 made something more crapified with with having an NFT. Right now, we're 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 storing our rights to things electronically in somebody else's database. If you own a, a painting. Um, somebody's got to verify that that painting's yours, and then most likely they're going to enter it into a computer system somewhere. And it, uh, what? Um, some some art gallery is going to put it in their computer, and they're going to say, "We're the ones that say that this is valid." We don't need an art gallery to val val validate or verify our NFT. We just need a blockchain that everybody trusts. Like, oh, maybe Bitcoin, maybe a Bitcoin ordinal is more trustworthy than an Ethereum blockchain, but they're both just as trustable. Well, that's going to be the difference, and that's why I've had this conversation on the show before, too, about why not just do it yourself? Why would you go through a company or a service to to release your film or your music or your your game tokens or whatever it is that you need? You can do that yourself, and their services are becoming easier and easier all the time to yeah. do. And you don't really need a a book publisher anymore. You can self-publish and do well, just okay. as well. So you can self-publish, but you need you need a distributor. Now, yes, you can put a web page out there and anybody can just land on your page, but they're not going to know where your page is. So a distributor is going to charge you for the their 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 ability to get the word out. And you could have a distributor 
uh, and a lot of times they're going to want to manage your stuff themselves. They're going to well, want to that's it. yeah, that's <clears throat> that's just a marketing fee, right? And if you take your book and you you self publish and you and you put it on Amazon, they'll gladly take it for a little cut of the profit, <clears throat> and they'll do the marketing for you. So, I mean, you don't you don't need traditional services so much anymore. And especially with these NFTs, it it can work the same way. You can you can publish your things, whether it's music or film or uh, anything, books, and publish it to an NFT and distribute it yourself. You the problem comes in because you have to have people that are that are savvy enough on the technical side to be able to to store and use those nfts and there's a big gap in 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 the matrix right because so many people don't know how to use this stuff you can give people uh you can send people to the metamask website right they download the wallet and they completely fuck it up all the way through and they end up losing everything on there they get frustrated pissed off and they leave there's not enough education around to get the the normal everyday people that we see up to the speed that they need to be at so that they can have a pleasant experience on right. with NFTs. And so things will get more popular, sadly, when the companies get involved. For example, if you don't know how to transfer crypto, if you don't know how to transfer your NFT or, or use your NFT, there's going to be companies that will specialize in doing that for you. And so all you need to do is say the word uh, and, and it will... And and then your NFT will move. However, that comes at a cost. Right now, a lot of the the valuable things in this world are has has an, a company as a middleman. If uh, we're using a company as a middleman for this show right now, we're using Streamyard. We can't right. do this on our own. Or no, we could. We could have our webcams on a website, uh, but we have YouTube and Streamyard that are in between. And because of YouTube and Streamyard working with us, that's how we're actually out talking to people. With, with all of our eight listeners right now. <laughs> so, however, the good news is those things scale. If we got 80,000 listeners, it would still work. But we couldn't do that if we were running the website ourselves because the website would eventually crash because maybe we didn't pay for the, 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 higher, the higher end service or whatever. And so, yes, that's going to happen with NFTs too. But the most important part is you still have the ownership. All these companies, if the internet, if, if cryptosphere goes the way that I'd like it to, all these companies are going to form around you owning the stuff. They're, it's just going to be, you might own it, but if you can't get it out there and you can't shop it around and if you can't market it and you can't do whatever, then it doesn't matter. You're not going to make any money. So that's why you, you get those services. And that's fine. That's a healthy ecosystem when services pop, around, pop up around your valid right to own and have something. That, so that's what that Web3 button is, that Connect Wallet button is on Forbes. That's Forbes saying, whatever you have on there, we can read and verify. It might be a subscription. It might be they can read some NFTs that you have or something. But that's the part that you don't need. That's, that's the valuable part, no matter, no matter what. How, how they come around and own your life any other way, they don't own the NFT. That's it. They don't own it in the same way that, uh, I don't know, nobody owns this except for me, Orbit Gum. 
this is not a this is not a plug. Nobody owns this. I own this. <laughs> Somebody stole my gum. I can sue them. I can. You know, you don't. You don't own it. You rent it because you spit it out in the garbage. Oh, that's a good point. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you want to get you want to get serious. We don't own anything in life because we're, we're all we're all going to die. It's, we're just holding it onto onto it for a while. Your car, painting, gold. You, you're just you're just holding on to it for a while. That's what ownership is. It's temporary. There we go. Baz Radio. Well, you know, provide a digital certificate ownership for a unique asset. Well, we do have a Faz Radio unique asset. We we have a subscription that you can buy. It's on it's on OpenSea. That is subscription NFT that we have out there. I think two people have. <laughs> So a digital certificate of ownership is based upon an agreement. And if you agree that a hash code is a unique ownership, unique ownership indicator, then you have it. Courts agree with it. The, the question is, is your local government going to agree with it? The government would prefer what they issue. They, they, they'll say, if we issue it to you, it's, it's valid. Well, I don't want to trust a government. I can prove that it's valid even without a government. Well, I that's, I think if I wrote something on a piece of paper, you could photocopy that paper. You could trace it out. You can't tell if it's the original unless you have them right next to each other. And how do you know that's even the original? Well, if you have a unique hash code that's assigned at a certain time, whatever you did at that time is original. You've, you've made that argument before and, and it's a very good argument, you know, and that's, that's where the government's angle is going to be is that, those hashes aren't valid unless we validate them. They're, they're going to say, that's nice. You have an original <clears throat> zip bug. Great. But unless that zip bug has a United States government stamp on it, we're not going to recognize it. And I go, oh, right. well, then how do I get that stamp? And they'll say, pay me $100, please. And then I'll, I'll, I'll put that stamp on there. That's how, that's, that's how they're going to build onto it. The, the good news there is, great. They're, they're going to validate something of mine, but it was still mine to begin with, and it's always been recognized as mine. As far as their stamp, their stamp has, has to do with their management of me and their validation of me. Now, if they revoke well, that stamp, it's still mine. I yeah, just can't put it in all their, on, on all their websites, perhaps. That's Well, but that's where the blackmail comes in, right? Because if you don't pay your licensing fee every year for that stamp yeah. or – they may require that you custody it with them. And, it, you know, if you get the stamp, you've got to transfer it into the to the government wallet to be held. And, okay, what, and what that's, they, I think, the angle they'll take on that. So that, that's a good question. I'm curious what the government does right now where they have to own it for you to have it. What, what, what's an example situation? Well, uh, well, the title to your house, right? Because you got to pay property taxes, so they Still, they have the ability to yank that title right away from you if you don't pay your property taxes. Well, I don't think they have the ability to yank the title, but they do have the ability to yank the land through eminent domain. They want to build a military base there. Well, so you you have to register your title with the government. And they keep the copy. Remember, you can go get a copy, a certified copy of your title, but they actually hold the title. So, okay. So, again, we're talking about title companies with a house. And a title company is basically there 
to help transfer titles and perhaps uh, you know transfer and register and, and whatever. Um, title companies are good for that transferring in regards to federal rules and regulation. But as far as proving something is yours, you can issue your own title, but it's got to be done in a way that can't be faked. Um, you know, we're talking about a logical concept here. So if there's ever a court case saying, who's, you know, you stole my zip bug. <laughs> Do you, is it in your wallet? Yes. Was it in, in Faz's wallet? Yes. How did it get from Faz's to, to <laughs> your wallet? That's right. what you got to prove in court. It's like, well, it was Faz's. Now it was mine. Now it's mine. Right. By the way, we have a zip bug right in the middle of the screen here between Faz and Titan. <laughs> I guess I, I, that's one of my favorites. I had to go, you know how many pages of zip bugs I had to go through to find a good one that, that looked good in this screen. Oh, there was a ton. Here. Who recognizes the authority has always been the biggest factor, not the issuer. That's true. If people recognize the blockchain, then that is good. If people recognize the government, that is good too. Which is more important, which is better. Um, so who recognizes the authority um, right now, it seems like we have a lot of, it looks like everybody in the world seems to recognize the value of cash dollar bills, U.S. dollars as, as an authority of money, even though it's not real. Um, yeah, we can say who recognizes it. It's, it's, it's the people that recognize those dollar bills. Do people recognize other values that the U.S. government doesn't keep a hold, of, doesn't keep a, an iron grip on? I'm not sure what, because if anything has any large amount of value the government wants a piece of it the euro if you go to europe you use the euro just somebody else then that's just another government i mean it's, it's still yes but it's not the u.s government there's things of value outside of of your country and they're valued differently well i i think you can you can say the government a, a government would, would a government would yes control that stuff all or right the weft that i'm educating you on so it is an hour and 18 minutes, and we've been just blathering about stupid stuff for the past hour and 18 minutes. Um, I'm going to need to get going, but is there yep. anything that we've missed that we were planning to talk about? No. Um, I do want to get back, whether it's next week or the week after or whatever, in case something pops up that's more important. I do want to get back to the AI discussions, though, and I want to go a little bit deeper. We've we've kind of been scratching the surface with with AI. I want to dig a little bit deeper into the utilities, and I want to do a <clears throat> another show also where we demonstrate some of those tips that we went uh, well, that we were talking about well, I'll, I'll, how to I'll use reveal, it better. I'll reveal something, and I won't say how, but I, I'm I'm working professionally in, in, in AI area now, um, and, uh, literally working with AI. Um, and that's giving me some unique perspectives on that. Uh, I certainly do believe that, uh, AI is going to be in everything. It's, it's, it's as solid as a, a belief as I had when I saw the internet for the first time, you cannot put the AI genie back in its bottle, just like you can't put the crypto genie back in its bottle. AI is, it is so helpful. It is so useful. It, it is it, it is utterly, utterly stupid to, to not be using it. The, the question is, how are we going to use it? Now, it's kind of funny what's scaring people about AI right now, in, in my opinion, chat GPT. 
ChatGPT is an AI that doesn't do anything unless you type at it. That's it. It it cannot control the world because you literally have to you have to say, hey uh, AI, do something, and it turns on for a second. It reads what you have to say. It gives you an answer, and it's done. It can't get out of its box because it can't autonomously just start talking back and forth. Yet people are afraid of that. I'd be afraid of an AI, you know, that's that's completely autonomous. ChatGPT is not autonomous. It always requires somebody to hit return on something for it for it to just respond to. So that's a safe AI. Um, there's a lot of safe AIs out there um, that that we're going to be using forever. The question, the, the real question is when are the unsafe, when are the fully autonomous AIs coming out? Like, you know, an automatic, like a Tesla that can drive itself, you know, and even then we're, we're really, we're really locking down AI so that it can't get away. It can't, it can't um, go autonomous on its own. So I'm not afraid of any of, of this AI that we have right now. And all this chat GPT stuff and Microsoft Copilot and, and Google Bard and stuff like that. Once that integrates into what, what we're using, it's going to be phenomenally useful. Just like the computer is phenomenally useful for us right now. And then we're going to wonder in five, 10 years, how we ever lived without it. <laughs> I don't think it's going to take five or 10 years. I think it's going to take another year or two and, and be fully integrated in. So here's an example, because because I write code. Um, in the past, if I had to get into a new area, I'd have to go to a web page. I'd have to, I'd have to. Well, let's start even further back. I'd have to buy a book. I'd have to read about it. I'd have to try it on the computer. I'd have to fight with it for a long time, and then hopefully I get it right. Take me hours. Later, Google came along, and then I could start asking other people. I could I could look on web pages, and then I could go to like StackOverflow.com and say, Hey, I'm trying to use this. It's not working for me. And then somebody says. Dummy, all you need to do is this. Well, now I don't even need that. If, if I want to get into something that I don't know how it works, I say, hey, ChatGPT, I want to do A, B, and C. Tell me how to do it. Write some code for me. Blop. It writes working code that I can paste into my stuff, and then I can tweak the way I like it. So I've just eliminated a lot of steps. Now, I'm still getting experience using it, but it's a different kind of experience. It's not the same thing. It's not as as, as uh, as deep as if I read it in a book and worked with it for hours and really got to know the ins and outs. I, I've, I have 50 different languages on my resume and that's typical for, for a computer programmer that's, that's been around for a number of years. No, no one computer programmer knows 50 languages. They just, they just know what they want out of it. So it's not going to be that you're gonna to have to understand the language down to, to the binary level. You're going to use it to get what you need done. And so, I, ChatGPT has already become, I don't know if you've ever seen Star Trek The Next Generation, but when they had a holodeck, the holodeck was, you know, a little little place where they could make like fictitious people and lands. It's like a 3D version of the television. <laughs> and they would write programs on there and they just say, holodeck, do this. And it would do it. And then that was their program. That's what our programs are going to be. We're just going to say, do this and it's going to happen. That's what we wanted when the computers first came out. So, um, People say that AI is doing too much work for us. No, the skill is going to be writing the, the best way to use AI. Just like the skill is is a skill is the best way to use a hammer. It's just going well, to be the, like that. The, the leaps and bounds are going to come when they tie that into the virtual reality. 
because my my kid has the uh, the Oculus, and he still messes around with that constantly. And I've been promising him I was going to play. So last Saturday, we spent a few hours on the Oculus together playing Resident Evil, which was a hell of a lot of fun. Um, but when you tie in AI to those units and you can, you can virtually experience the AI that way. Oh my God. I, I think that's going to be a huge game changer. And I think we're going to get to a point where we don't have this huge Oculus on our faces. We're going to have just regular, regular glasses where it's all going to just immerse us right there. It's a Microsoft Coral Lens, which, by the way, had no customers, and so they they wound up discontinuing it. But the Hololens is exactly what you what you're talking about. Um, that's going to come back. Uh, it might not come back from Microsoft, or it may not come back with the same name. But that concept is already possible to do. We just need a killer application for it. Well, and and they've got to figure out how to tie it in correctly too. They got, because they got to, it, we're gonna learn it, how to it's, it it's gonna generate. It's got to generate. You say, I want to, I want to be able to relax on my couch and and look at at a beach in Hawaii, and and be able to to have, uh, you know, Scarlett Johansson next to you on the on the chair next to you, and have a conversation. And AI generates that conversation. Those are the kinds of things that. Yeah. That, so that really say to this chick on the beach. Okay. Yeah. No. So that's that, what, my, my, my brain that's what we're going to go to. I can sound like a badass all the time until it, until it stops working. And I'm like, Hey, <laughs> hey babe, would you like to have a date with me? <laughs> like now I sound like an idiot because I don't have the AI to help me. You still like it, it will listen. There's a valid argument that AI will make us stupider than we already are. Well, again, because we'll rely on it completely. Lack of a hammer will make you stupider. Lack of a car will make you stupider. How can you transport big, heavy items from one area of of the country to another without a vehicle of some sort? How can you how can you keep a house together without a hammer? There are ways to do those things, but they they're, they're harder and they take longer. So and they don't scale as well. So AI being the same thing as a hammer, it's it's not a bad comparison. It's a perfect comparison. Hi, Chang's fried egg rice. You caught us right at the end. We're just yeah, about we're- ready to to head out here. You'll have to hit replay and get the best hour and 26 minutes you've ever heard of crypto, NFTs, AI, and more. All right. So on that note. <laughs>